Okay, so hi and welcome. Uh, good afternoon. It's my name's Maisie. And my name is Simona, also called Mona. Uh, but, and we're going to have a brand new show and it's going to be called M&M and uh, we're going to have so many different topics that we're going to be speaking about. Aren't we, Simona? Yeah, I hope so and I hope we're going to get uh, some interesting people involved in our show. Yeah, well, we would like to start with some politicians, wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> but that's a wee bit down the road yet, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I don't think they will be uh, finding of much interest. But anyway, we will give it a try. Yeah. We will give it a try with anything that would be of uh, interest for the local community and even for the Scottish people in general, because that's the purpose of our show, you know, to revive the spirit of the community mm. and get people... Uh, a platform where they can uh, express their wishes and their uh, desires and their interests and to target the pursuing of well-being, you know, of uh, people and especially youth and children in our communities. As we both are mothers, we're a grandmother also. I'm a grandmother, yeah. Got lots of of grandkids. (laughs) (laughs) That keeps me very, very busy, so it does. (laughs) But yeah, so that's that's right. We're going to be bringing this show and hopefully we're going to be talking about so many different topics and all to do with the local communities, what's going on, what's happening. And uh, even if you've got anything that you want to talk about out there, um, we'd be more than be welcome to, to hear from anyone uh, on any issues and problems. Um, so we're here and we're just trying to bring some new and fun and laughter and some lightness, hopefully, to a show that's, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, despite the fact that we may have some uh, topics of uh, huge debate in society. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. And uh, obviously you cannot please everybody. We are aware of this. But the idea is to ensure that we've got a platform of free speech where people can uh, debate the ideas Absolutely. and never attack each other. Because that's the most important thing, you know, to exactly. get some uh, progress out of this free debate of uh, ideas and opinions mm-hmm. and bring the significant facts from wherever we can bring them off, mm-hmm. you know, the medical field, the science field, the, you know, yeah. the community field, the spirit, the and inner also, spirit of and people. And also your you know, background as true. well, though, Simona, you've got, you've got a great background as well, haven't you, from, from uh, being yeah. a support worker? I've been a support worker and, and a psychologist and, and a counsellor well. in my country in Romania as I came here almost nine years ago. And I worked there as a psychologist and a HR specialist, but here I was mainly a carer, a support worker, you know. But anyway, yeah, we've got, both of us, we've got this experience with people and in the social uh, field and in care. And in the community as well. So that hopefully we're going to bring some, some really some interesting topics we're going to be discussing yeah. over the, the course. I can, I can also bring a comparison between uh, things as they happen here and in my country. Oh, uh, definitely. You've got a lot to tell. Yeah, there's you? many things in common, but there's also some significant differences and Obviously, we can learn from each other and we can bring the best in both cultures eventually. Oh, yeah. I know. And it's been great when you've been telling me about your culture and what's been happening in Romania and what you grew up in. It's, uh, it's, it's really is. It's fascinating to actually have somebody close by uh, to tell you. Usually you hear this kind of stuff on the television or, you know, the radio or something, but you don't actually have somebody close uh, by like yourself to actually tell us what's happening and it's been really interesting yeah you know when people speak about uh, multiculturalism uh, and having uh, several cultures and you know exchanges they mainly speak about uh, food or music 
uh, we may have some Romanian music also, by the way. Which oh, is definitely. We're going to be bringing lovely, that. And I think yeah. Scottish people may also enjoy it, or European music in general. But the idea is that there's much more to the spirit of a culture than these um, superficial aspects, you know, of, and traditional aspects of a culture. There's things that pertain to the, the soul, you know, and the spiritual traditions and how they manifest in people's interaction, in daily interaction and in the structure of the society. So from, maybe I'm too philosophical, but from this perspective, we can see how th problems are dealt with in places like Eastern Europe and here, you know, and again, oh, you can what tell we that can you can see the comparisons and yeah. stuff. Yeah. There are differences, however. Yeah, yeah. yeah big differences. Yeah. yeah. You were even mentioning the other day when I was uh, making a, a joke, you were actually commenting on how different, you know, the, the, the language was and how we actually p make things quite funny. We always seem to pick out the the simplest of things and we make it into a, a joke. Use you know? the Scottish people. Yeah, we use the, aye, the Scottish people, yeah. you know. We always make funny of ourselves, yeah. you know. But and do you find that in Romania as well? Uh, not necessarily. No. All the jokes are very much appreciated there too. Uh, and we also have comedies and actors that were very much beloved. Uh, but yeah, the society went in a different direction. I mean, this different direction is common here in the West also. And it's unfortunately towards more trivial things. So the subtle way to do comedy has been kind of lost in both societies. Uh, that's my impression, unfortunately. But anyway, the idea is that uh, joking is like a game, you know, when you see the danger, but in a safe environment, you turn it into something funny because you feel safe. People do need this, especially in a world that is changing and presents more difficulties for them. So, yeah, if yeah. I, I find that the Scottish people has got this uh, humor. But more than this, what is important for me, if it's the place to speak about this, is the kindness that you, and the friendliness that you can find in these uh, people. And oh. you may think this is everywhere, but it is not quite everywhere. Or it doesn't go as deep and as honest as in Scotland. All oh, right, okay. And so, so that brings us to maybe you get a song. You, we were talking about songs earlier on from Romania. So is there a song that comes to your mind that um, we're going to be putting on for just now to bring, you know, bring our culture in? Yeah, maybe we'll put that song about angels, you know. Oh, the song about and angels. Love, I remember you were saying answer. about that. So we could maybe try and I find that, that and put that on as well. So yeah, it's now, in English also. <laughs> That's in English, that's good. Maybe I can start singing along with it. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll go into a song now. And welcome back to the M&M Show. And now we're going to be discussing a wee bit of uh, our families and communities and uh, what the th how it's all changed over the years. And from a personal point of view myself as well, from being a grandmother and uh, having children and grandchildren and seeing the difference that society is and what's actually happened. I mean, we don't have a community anymore. We feel that you can't, you know, so many people are locking their doors now that there's, you don't feel that safeness. So Simone and I, um, my co-host here, um, we're going to be discussing that today, aren't we, Simone? Because you're going to give us what's happening in Romania. Um, the same with the, the communities over there and how secure or non-secure, you know, the difference over the years. 
So do you want to tell us a wee bit about your experience, Simona? Yeah, I want to tell you especially that uh, I find these communities in Scotland as being much more secure, to tell you the truth, and people being much more open, you know, in their trust for their neighbours. For example, I know that in your area, people still uh, leave their uh, doors open, you know, unlocked, which would never happen in my well, country. Have you found in Romania. that? Because I haven't. <laughs> would never happen in Romania, I tell you for sure, nowhere. Uh, but that was not the old spirit in the villages of Romania. That was, for example, in the old days before communism arrived in Romania after the Second World War, where people would practically raise their children in community. But that spirit was kind of everywhere in Europe and in the West, in the East also. Uh, there was a much more communitarian spirit. I found out about this coming here and having people like you coming from Glasgow that were uh, raised up in this period where uh, people left their doors open, you know, in their communities. Yeah, Isn't because it? You, we were, yeah. I, we, we did. We could actually grow up and we grew up feeling safe. We didn't feel as though we had to lock our doors and because yeah. even everybody knew everybody um, in the area, even outside the area, because... And at that time as well, there was a lot more bigger families. And I don't know about your, uh, over in Romania and in yeah. Europe, yeah. but there was always tend to be sort of bigger families here as well. And everybody knew each other. Yeah. Um, and we always felt safe. And even if something went wrong or happened, I mean, your mother and father knew about it before you even got home because, you know, it was, <laughs> it was like, the, you know, like the, the, the Indian smoke. Um, blanket would go up and you know everybody go oh here something happens but you know we don't have that now I, I feel that we don't have that now personally speaking because from the areas that I've been in and uh, round about North Lanarkshire and stuff everybody seems to be so disjointed though don't yeah. they? I, if you want my opinion this uh, happened in parallel with people developing more industrialised so to say uh, communities, societies and having a more, much more individualistic life because uh, the more you depend on the government and the society in general to have your needs fulfilled and not on the community and other real living people like you, the more you get depersonalized in your relationships. Yeah. And here we live, now we live in a society in a world where this has reached a certain culmination, I would say, because uh, people are truly engulfed in this virtual life. They have this feeling because they, they've got supermarkets and they've got very official relationships with their community and their government. They feel like all their needs are fulfilled and they don't need much of these personal relationships. And this reflects even inside of the, the family, isn't it? Yeah. Because you, now you can see everybody has got a phone, a tablet, yeah. uh, eventually a laptop. That's it. And as with this... Tech, techs overtook, overtook the family in a way, isn't it? Yeah. The, the, we leave the children now to the phones and the devices and stuff like that because they, they're now the new mammies and daddies in a sense, aren't they? Yeah, in a very sad sense mm -hmm. they are because they have replaced this invaluable personal relationships and yeah. educational um, means of the parents with something that is not controllable in any way, shape or form. Uh, it's a jungle. 
it's an intellectual and no, as, as a emotional and cultural jungle oh. in which our children and grandchildren are thrown, mm-hmm. you know, to make a life for themselves. This is it. And what I personally have noticed as well with the tech, and although I'm very much against the majority of it, what I'm seeing, though, from my own uh, children and grandchildren is that although tech is kind of a bit bad, but I've also seen the actual good that it's actually brought as well because they've um, so much educational stuff as well is out there on the tech um, with your laptops and your computers and phones and stuff. And I've found that I've seen the kids actually picking up so quickly how to use the technology and they seem to understand it quicker than what I did. I mean, it still took me, I've got a phone now, my, my daughter threw at me for, you know, three years ago and I'm still trying to work the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and, uh, but you give, you know, my grandson who's only just turned five and he knows how to work an iPad, a laptop. Um, he knows how to change quantity, the, the YouTube and, and do all these crazy things and you're like, wow, this is really great. And also the educational shows, going back to that with the educational shows and even likes of watching like, um, what was it, Thomas the Tank and Paw Patrol and stuff and th- although they're cartoons they've actually gave, added a bit of a value to it as well, they've actually teaching the children a wee bit of you know, a bit of community and a bit of how to think about looking after someone or helping someone, so you know, and as much as I'm very much against tech, um, I found that there's, there's a, you know, there's, we've got to try and find a balance somewhere as well yeah, but you have to know where the balance lies. Exactly. You know? The balance lies in the emotional and moral life of the individual. So you have to see, that's my impression. So now yeah. I'm kind of speaking as a psychologist because I had these ideas formulated exactly. in my head for quite a while. So uh, the idea is that uh, you have to see first that the child is developing emotionally and morally as it has to, corresponding to the biological age. Because if the intellectual side prevails, Mm -hmm. then you'll see that all the other part that in fact impacts all the relationship, the the child and the the young... Like the social learning? Yeah, will be impacted uh in a negative way. Because it's very simple. And you see this in games, you know, because that's where you have your mind uh, entertained and the adrenaline flowing. But then... The reality doesn't exist anymore. The relationships don't have any value, any meaning. Mm-hmm. There's no respect towards other people and particularly towards the, the, the parents and the grandparents. So these things are very much essential. So if you remember how we developed with the TV in our, in our times, in the 70s, in the 80s, in those times the whole family used to gather around the TV or the radio. Oh, yeah, and listen that to did. So that was yeah. not only the... Uh, the intellectual message, you know, the cultural message that you would receive, but was also the discussion in the family. Everybody was receiving the same messages, and they were they were discussing You're everything right. they were uh, yeah, hearing. Yeah, that was what we did. So, so there was a spiritual processing inside of the family. The same is in school. In fact, the whole idea of having people in a school is to have this knowledge integrated in a group. I mean, the good the good school with would allow debate, you know, and would allow the exchange of ideas. Mm-hmm. That's where something remains in the 
you know, the mind and the soul of the human being when this personal involvement is allowed. But if everything is artificial, you know, and isolated, mm -hmm. everything happens in your mind, nothing will get out of this. Everything will come and go as if nothing has happened and the relationships will be all stunned. So that's what we are having today, unfortunately, yeah. because people don't put the first things first. The first things first are the, you know, the love of the person, the relationships that they can develop, the moral values. And then on this good basis, you can put the knowledge, you know, the intellectual experiences and stuff. But nobody thinks about this. Uh, no. No, you're right. We we don't. And in, in going back to the family family values, that was always a thing that we did before all this tech was a case of at dinner time. That was when the family sat around the table and you'd be sitting discussing what happened that day or what you were doing. And I'm not saying for obviously for everyone, you know, obviously there was families that were still a bit disjointed and, you know, or something was wrong. But from my own personal experience and from most of the friends and families that I knew round about, we all did the same thing. It was just, you know, everyone sat around having your dinner, you would be talking yeah. and, you know, people that had their faiths or whatever. And I know that from a faith background as well, you know, our family had to say, or say our prayers before our meals and we blessed our meal before we ate it and things like that. And uh, that's what gave us the basis of uh, our family values and, you know, and coming together, and that was where the, the warmth we felt as well. Exactly. We felt the warmth. And you, you remember you know? how, how important were the parents for the children in those times, and how they would look at them, you know, as if they would want to absorb all their knowledge and their feelings, and you know, the empathy that developed in the family. Yeah, definitely. Because, but now even the parents cannot offer this kind of empathy to their children because their minds are full of their social media experiences and what they would get next, you know, in matters of likes or whatever they put on Facebook. Or So their minds are full, but their hearts are empty. And mm -hmm. this reflects on their children. How much we would get as mothers from our children's smiles or first mm -hmm. steps or, you know, because there's not so much noise around you. But no, if your exactly. mind is full of, you know, all this ex excitement coming from the virtual world, there's no focus in your feelings, not even towards your children. Do you realize, do you realize what is happening? And this, uh, which are, in a way, in our spiritual events, they are reflecting in all the society, in our relationships, in everything we are doing together, mm -hmm. because p people don't have uh, time for each other really anymore. They don't like it. to listen to each other anymore. I find this extraordinary that we have a platform we're here. So, so disjointed. Yeah. And that's and what this platform's all about, isn't yeah, it? I mean, but we're, going to be bringing, we're going to be bringing a lot more of that um, discussions and topics yeah. and about families. And I think families, we've got so much to talk about families, um, Simona. And uh, and I think what we'll do now is to give everybody's ears a wee break. We'll put some ah, yeah, nice, so wee, nice wee tunes in there. Maybe put a nice wee song on just ah, now. It's and your turn we'll, now. Yeah. yeah. And we'll be right back shortly. Here's a nice wee song. Hi there, welcome back. I think we can speak a bit about uh, the influence that the devices, you know, that the children and youth are using, everybody uh, is using today, may not only affect our, you know, emotional and social life, but also even our physical health a bit. 
What do you think, Maisie? Oh, definitely. That's what we were discussing earlier on, wasn't it, about um, the environment and about this, uh, the EMF. I think you were you were discussing and, and you were trying radiation. to teach me a bit on the EMF and the radiation and everything that's going around with the, the Wi-Fis and, you know, all this tech and what we're using, you know. So, yeah, you want to tell us a bit more about that then? Sarah? Yeah, the thing is that I have discovered a few years ago that I'm a bit electrosensitive. This means that... I can feel if the radiation goes over a certain limit of uh, intensity, I can feel a bit sick. There's, you know, various uh, reactions to this radiation. Some people can really be unable to stand it. They have to be totally isolated. This is not recognized as a real disease in the UK, but in Sweden, for example, it is. That's right, yeah, because I did. I remember um, doing a wee bit of research when you had told me about that. Aye. Yeah, and it is, it's a real thing, and it seems to be more and more people are actually starting to realise how it is affecting them, and even mental health as well, isn't it? Is yeah, it, so it? That, that, that was my issue that I have discovered uh, being exposed to this radiation, especially from my phone when it was on wireless. And uh, I, I have started researching a bit if there's any issues with this. And I have discovered a lot of things that people are not generally speaking too much about. And they are very much controversial these days. Although hundreds or maybe thousands of scientists have really uh, researched this and came with stuff that proves that wireless radiation can be really damaging for the human body. And there are thresholds of safety that have been debated during the years. but. Generally, I would mention the Bioinitiative report. There's a website called bioinitiative.org where you can find a summary of uh, science um, that they have acknowledged to be significant you know, from the last couple of decades. And what you can find there is that there are effects uh, for the brain, for the reproductive system, for immunity, for the cardiovascular system, and that eventually this radiation can also be carcinogenic and genotoxic. And the levels they have set up more recently in 2012-2014 are 3 microwatts per square meter. This is the power of the electromagnetic field. And I have an acoustimeter with myself because, as I told you, I try to protect myself. And it can measure this uh, power of the radiation. And I can tell you that what we have to deal with these days is in thousands of microwatts per square meter or even tens of thousands. But of course the international levels that have been uh, set up by uh, the so-called ICNIRP, which is in relationship with the WHO, are at the level of 9 million. 9 million microwatts per square meter in comparison to 3 microwatts as this uh, independent uh, organization by initiative has uh, set up. So there's a huge difference in between them. And from this point of view, thousands of microwatts may not seem to be very much. But if you read this summary of scientific literature, you can see that uh, you can have huge damage at thousands of microwatts per square meter. At 20,000, for example, which is as much as you can get around uh, antenna masts 
that we have also quite a number here in Cumbernauld. Yeah, because uh, as we were saying as well, 20, there's 000, enough a lot that's 20, going up. can break the DNA strand, for yeah. example. So this is genotoxic, which means you can get cancer. Mm-hmm. That's and just one example. There's There's a lot to be researched here. I have several sites that could be of interest. Definitely, um, you've got a lot of information. But anyway, it seems that a lot of the f- fatigue that people feel these days, the headaches, well, that's the f- what we were golden flu because symptoms, I've noticed a lot of families are very much known as symptoms of this microwave yeah. illness. Because there's a lot of even young kids now that are even experiencing a lot of headaches where headaches weren't a really big thing um, or really wasn't mentioned much uh, years and years ago and it was really unheard of a child to have headaches and migraines but that's what we're, that's what I'm finding because even from my own family and because um, this is all personal experience as well that what I'm seeing and what you're telling us and you're explaining to us and definitely the amount of headaches that my family even is experiencing and migraines especially migraines for you know at least three of my grandkids so I'm just wondering if this is what maybe, you know, this could be um, part of the problem that's with, along with the technology and uh, the wire, you know, the mass and stuff, the 5G mass. So I'm just wondering if that's, that could be what's happening to them. Yeah, in fact, you know, people being so much used with what is happening in their community and their country do not tend to research or take into account what is happening in other countries, but I can tell you that in places like France, uh, Cyprus, Israel, they took out wireless from children's classrooms and from other public uh, places because they want to protect their children. In China, they used to warn the pregnant mothers about Mm -hmm. laptop radiation when wireless, and they would uh, commercialize some apparents that would make uh, That's right, these, almost uh, like as if you were going for an X-ray, wasn't yeah, it? There, they there are this EMF protection. protective materials, mm-hmm. so they were careful with what would happen with the unborn child also. Um, Is yeah. this not what they did in the EU um, building that they took out? They, they did this research with the, the Wi-Fi and the e the EMF that you're talking about? And yeah, you know did they the not take it out? Did they not? No, they haven't. But th- this topic has been very much discussed in the mm-hmm. European Parliament, and they had uh, s- scientific papers proving the damage that this radiation is doing to people, and also they had warnings about the 5G radiation, which is only about the increase in the frequency Mm-hmm. Uh, of this radiation. They say there's there's not so much uh, research being done about uh, 5G, but in fact... So, so is 5G, so what about the mobile phone for young people? So with that... Yeah, there have been very many warnings coming from scientists, independent scientists, in matters of uh, the use uh, of mobile phones by children mm-hmm. because it appears that the, it impacts children ten times more than the adults it depends on the age because so that's because their brain still um, they're not so developing. solid the mm-hmm. whole skeleton is not so solid they have more water in the body so therefore the radiation can penetrate much deeper inside the body and can affect everything at, at mm-hmm. a much higher level than with us adults so it it can be very very dangerous for children mm-hmm. And there are also studies showing that the rate of autism 
has increased in parallel with the children exposure to this. You're saying autism? Autism. Right, so do you think that there's a big impact? So there's definitely... I am very much tempted to believe that this has had an effect on children too. Because according to some of this uh, research, the cell membrane can become permeable and even the brain blood barrier. There is a British uh, surgeon, Leif Salford, who presented his studies on rats, done even in the 90s, where he comes with the proof, visual proof, that under the influence of GSM radiation, which was before 2G even, the rat's brain-blood barrier, which prevents all the toxic stuff to get into the brain, is affected. And therefore, you have shrunken, dark, dead neurons in the brain due to the exposure of, to radiation. Right, so, so, so it affects the brain. Yeah. It's proven. It affects the blood also. Uh, there are also um, investigations done by uh, Professor Magda Havas and uh, Dr. Robert Young and other people which show the blood exposed to high-frequency radiation, and you can see how mm -hmm. the blood starts coagulating. Right, and, and see about all this then. So what about the, the local council? Is this something that we as a community should maybe start gathering some more information or gathering the information we've got and taking it to the local council? In fact, I remember um, that Councillor Petty Hogg has presented something like this to the councillor, or it was a community forum meeting in okay. 2019. And what was the response to that? Kind of nothing, <laughs> although it was uh, so well was no received by the, the, right. the people present, but there were no measures in place or anything. Uh, I think he mostly targeted the the school's environment, you know, and this idea that we have to protect the children in schools from wireless radiation. There were no measures or no interest, you know, coming from the council afterwards. Uh, he sent a presentation as a PDF file, I think, or a, uh, a PPT file to the members of the council, but there was no reaction. And what we have seen during these last four years was in fact an increase in radiation everywhere in the community, more masts, more small cells, antennas. So see if uh, all doing this then, Simone, do you think maybe then that people should maybe then be approaching their doctors and speaking to them about how, you know, how they're feeling or what they think that, you know, the, the EMF, do you think doctors would be... Yeah, the doctors can learn also, if, yeah. same as ourselves have, have done, and they are much more entitled to research these issues because they would learn from other physicians uh -huh. and scientists. So if they went along to their doctor, so they would comprehend much more than people, uh -huh. simple people like us, what is happening in, mm -hmm. in the body. So I, I find this a duty of care from uh -huh. the medical establishment. So to they really should this. be doing a bit more research. When yeah. So if you go rather to than a sitting doctor, down and getting a, a you know I, a prescription if, written if straight you away, you go to a doctor and the doctor says is fine, is safe. Well, where's your research there? Uh -huh. Have you considered what we have mentioned, this independent research, you know? Mm -hmm. You can you can find it for free. You, you can yeah. just Google it. So that's even. what we're looking for. So, so where where could people find more information? So, so, so are, we, are we going to trust Google? Are we going to trust, you know, go on to the internet to look for all these, um, you know, information? Uh, yeah, so give us an email on mnmshow at comingoldfm.co.uk. UK. And we're going to follow up with a wee song here now. Now back to the Eminem show and uh, I hope you enjoyed that song that was playing there. So we're now back and we're just um, going to summarise what we've uh, just guided on what we've been speaking earlier on, on 
family values and uh, radiation, EMF, and what's you know sensitivities and things. So, um, although we are not uh, professionally or medically trained in any way, um, but we'll definitely guide um, everyone to maybe websites or anything that they feel that they want to have a look at. And uh, Simona, so do you want to give us any other positives on? You know, the EMF, is there any positives to it? Any negatives, which we all know? <laughs> I mean, the the most positive thing is to have a debate about this in the community, you know, and uh, bring people's opinion about this and, uh, you know, the scientific side of it in into this uh, discussion. And second, there are means to protect the community and the individuals from DMF uh, radiation. Things so can is it be something done. Something that we should do as a community is trying uh, yeah, to get things, people involved to contact the council again. I think things can be very well done by people. Uh, mm-hmm. Things can be changed. For example, in in Switzerland, they didn't allow 5G because I think it was the Ministry of Health who said that uh, she doesn't want to use the people as uh, guinea pigs. <laughs> Right, so that's great. Because if you don't have uh, health and scientific, uh, health and safety scientific proof uh, that it's fine for the citizens to have it, then we won't ha- have it. That's the so-called precautionary p- principle. So, yeah, I think uh, many good things can be done once people start to be aware and discuss about these uh, things in community. And, of course, there will be very many people who will disagree with us they also have to bring solid scientific proof that these things are safe for so us to acknowledge So it's basically just people aware right. of, yeah. especially now that um, from personal experience and seeing my own family with a lot more headaches and you know ailments that's kind of yeah, strange, it's, it's it's generally, especially in the young ones. So it, it, maybe the general effect is immunosuppression. Yeah. Therefore, you can have any kind of disease, you know, uh, catching much faster mm-hmm. and... Uh, being more difficult to endure by the body. Mm-hmm. So That's maybe the effect then of can, radiation. Right. Too. So maybe even then, if people want to speak to their doctors, maybe they should speak to them more about it and just tell them what they're, they're actually, what their thoughts are and what they're feeling. And you know, absolutely, um, absolutely, this should be. And bring, ha, try and get the doctor, to, you know, highlight it more uh, for for people. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'm quite uh, quite amazed that the doctors are not speaking about this because in my country, in Romania, we had doctors speaking about this issue. But do you not I, think I can then because of doctors this. have become what I've again is they seem to be that once they've learned their medical and they've got their medical license, most of them don't really do any more research on anything. They don't really, um, you know, they don't seem to do anything other than just write the prescriptions. You know, any time I've been yeah. to the doctor, they don't seem to be able to tell me um, what they've found out new or they've been, you know, been to a conf- medical conference. Um, they just seem to be that once they've got their licence that, you know, they're a general protection and that's it. They don't go into any special field. So maybe is this something then that we should actually be asking our doctors to say, well, you know, uh, are you looking into anything different? Are you, you know... Yeah, because it's all a matter of interest. If a doctor wants to do the research, you know, there will be results because he's got the training and the capacity to comprehend things at a deeper level than us common people. So there will be good fruits of such an endeavor, but if he doesn't want to research these fields, uh, yeah, they will be as alien to them as, you know, as the life on Mars. Well, 
again, I'm going back to you know my own experiences over the years of going to doctors. Now, I mean, it's not one time it used to be the family doctor, and the family doctor knew everybody in the family, uh, knew us all by names, and but now over the years, you could be because it's a general practice. There could be four, five, six different doctors. You might whatever you know appointment you can get. And each doctor that I've spoken to again, that, you know, when you've explained something, you're telling something, they'll say, well, well, how do you feel? And I'm going, well, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) How do I feel? You're the doctor. But when you're asking them something, even going back to when I was doing my HR, you know, HRT for my hormones and I was going crazy and all that. And um, three doctors, and they just said, well, we can just give you a hormone, we'll just give you the hormone pill, we'll just give you the HRT. And I went, but is that all? Is Is there anything you know, natural you can give me. No, we don't do natural, just, you know, here's your medication and that was it. And then it was only when I went to another young doctor, actually, which I was very surprised at, that when I spoke to him and gave him my fears and everything, and it was him that told me to try out at that time, it was a black coash, and that was like a natural herb thing. But he told me what the side effects could be to that, you know, over a certain period of time. That was great, but that's going back to the doctors in general. I just find that most doctors don't seem to be very receptive when you're, you know, that's human nature. A problem, eh? It's as if they don't seem to do any more research out with what they've already learned. So, so with this new the five Gs and the EMFs and things like that, is this something then that we're going to have to start saying to our doctors, look, we really need you to start doing research yourselves, and you know, and obviously from through the, the COVID and the pandemics and stuff like that, we found that doctors, you know, were just following the same procedures that the they were told yeah. and the protocols, but nobody really did any kind of real background, any kind of research themselves, you know. Yeah, um, so is this something then people are just going to have to force their doctors to kind of um, do a bit of research on the EMF? Yeah. First, people, people need to realise that they they kind of need to become active and involved in their own health and personal lives again. And then, with a bit more effort and pressure, things will change on all sides. And I can tell you, speaking about doctors, not all doctors practice the same kind of medicine uh, based on uh, protocols and uh, big pharma medicine and stuff like that. For example, in my country, generally, there's a high uh, reliance on natural medicines. There are shops as big as Asda, full of natural medicine. And I was totally stunned that you don't have this in this country. And generally, it's not the same in, in the West as in Eastern Europe and Romania. So they have a huge range of products. And we have adverts on TV. Doctors would rather prescribe natural medicine, especially produced in Romania, to, to people because they know they have less side effects than these chemical products. So there's a huge difference in the way people, specialists, can practice medicine, you know, and also in the results they get with their practice. So people should become aware so you see in this the country also. From your country to our I can country see the difference. The I can see from in the my country there's sites. people are healthier. The the levels of, of pollution are much higher because they have healthier food, and this great range of natural medicine that are available at all times to them. Okay, the obesity is almost inexistent. It mm-hmm. could be, 
but he's almost in existence. Almost existing. Well, listen, anyway, that's, that's us coming to near the end of the show, folks. And uh, I yep. really hope you enjoyed everything that we've been talking about and discussing. And obviously, we've got lots and lots more to talk about and discuss. And uh, so, well, thank you. And uh, I'm glad. I hope you've enjoyed the M&M show at Cumbernauld FM. And uh, maybe next time we'll, um, we'll have a wee bit more lighter note again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll give it a try. And we also expect people's input Yeah, we, yeah we'd love to hear or? people from e- and by email and stuff like that. Yeah, it would be good to get some feedback as well and find out if anybody else wants to discuss anything. So anyway, we're going to finish up with a nice little song again. And, uh, you know, thanks for joining us. Thank and, you very uh, much. Have a yeah. good afternoon. And thank you, Simona. Your mm-hmm. pleasure to have. Bye. Same.